Welcome to the Catholic Teachers Lounge, the only podcast by Catholic school teachers for Catholic school teachers. Thank you to Loyola Press for sponsoring us and for you, the teachers, for doing what you do every day. We are so grateful to collaborate with you. My name is Colleen McCoy-Sika, and I am here today with my friend and colleague, Jill Annable. Hi, Jill. Hi, Colleen. I'm going to ask you a question. It's going to take you a second to think about this. Why was your favorite teacher your favorite teacher? Easy. You got this? Okay. Easy. All right. All right. My eighth grade teacher, Mr. Bleski, was wickedly smart, but actually cared about us. And I taught eighth grade for nine years. And I thought about her probably every day of those nine years because she, and I don't even think she taught at the, at the Catholic school for very long. Like, I don't, I don't really know. I don't know where she came from or where she went, but she went to my basketball game. She let us hang out after school and spend time with her, but she was very professional. And I learned a lot of things from her. She was a history teacher. So she was my homeroom teacher and my social studies teacher. And I just remember she let us be goofy kids, Mm -hmm. but we buckled down and worked really hard for her Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and a lot of projects. Like she knew we weren't going to sit still in our seats. Uh Okay. So I don't know if that's your, Oh, now your eyes lit up. So I just remember working really hard for her. And we did lots of fun projects in there. I think my eyes lit up because what I was expecting was that you would remember, you know, something fondly that you got to do in a class or, you know, a mm-hmm. teacher that made, you know, something fun, you know, that mm-hmm. you got to do something fun. Yeah, I did though. Do you want to hear that part? Yeah. So it, it didn't come to me. I, I knew exactly who it was in eighth grade. Then we were all obsessed with Saturday night live. Okay. I don't know why okay, don't know as why. kids nope. we all were, but like, we would not miss Saturday night live. This was the nineties. Okay. And we, at the time SNL did a skit, a reoccurring skit where they mocked NPR and it was the most monotone. Yes. Yep. And it was called the, the delicious dish. Uh-huh. And it was Molly Shannon. And, and all I remember, that. and we got to recreate that skit for like humanities night. We didn't want to do like a Christmas concert because we were rebellious eighth graders. So she said, okay, cool. We'll do humanities night. You have to do skits. And we're like, sweet. We love Saturday night live. But we had to be academic. So we taught grammar using the voices of the delicious dish. So we were saying things like, and now we're going to talk about adverbs. <laughs> and we were like, totally, you know, and we were giggling. Ooh, and adverbs. she thought it was Ooh. fine. Ooh, yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> I love adverbs. Right. Exactly. Sounds wonderful. So the, <laughs> the whole skit was like that. And I remember just just laughing so hard and enjoying it and probably learning. I don't know, nothing. No, I did Uh, like a stage presence. I learned a lot more than I would, uh, than I knew in that moment of being an eighth grader, but but she let us do really goofy things. Okay. All right. Well, you know, a lot of times teachers are well-remembered because of, they made something difficult. They made something challenging, fun to learn, or, you know, gave gave Mm -hmm. kids an opportunity Mm -hmm. to at least have some fun with it. Right. So, okay. So that's what I was thinking of when I was prepping for this podcast today. And this idea comes from a 19 year teaching veteran. Her name is Andrea Bergner, and she's currently a math specialist at Prince of Peace School in Plano, Texas. Her idea is about using math manipulatives. 
Now, I'm, yeah, I'm going to yes. ask you about manipulatives as an English teacher in a second. So just yeah, math, <laughs> math teacher here. So, all right. So what she says is in my previous work as an instructional coach, I learned about the value of using manipulatives to introduce and practice a concept using the concrete representational abstract model. Yes. Yes. Students, yes. Good. You're speaking okay, my language. You know I, I love it. Students move through this progression as they are understanding new content at any age. Research has been out about using these approaches that engage all the senses. And mm -hmm. it's very helpful for students with dyslexia. Mm -hmm. But now these practices are found to be effective for students that struggle in learning math concepts. So manipulatives help her to know whether a student understands something conceptually before moving on and honing the actual skill. And it increases student engagement and student confidence. So, you know, when I think about manipulatives, like manipulatives are like, I think about it for younger kids and it's hands-on and it makes learning math mm. fun, but the importance of like, nope. we can yes, everyone the importance of manipulatives. Uh -huh. so, okay. So this is the, the trouble in the past uh -huh. for your kids is that you teach at a textbook and then you would assume you got all the way to the mental math level of a new concept. But yeah. in reality, you have to touch and feel things. You have to see the concrete yeah. thing happen. Then you have, so there's three stages. Then you have to move to um, a representation model. Then you can do it in your head. Now, some kids can do it fast. Like my son could do subtraction and multiplication. Like mental math. He went straight probably because he, he plays like he does Legos. He does all these things. He's already had moments yes. of concrete and representation that wasn't mm -hmm. classroom based. So he can go straight to mental model. Now this applies up the chain and I have a faith connection in a moment, but I want to say first, when I taught middle school math, this meant like you can give kids the volume of a cone and it's like, assume it makes sense to them. But when you have them actually pour rice from a cylinder. So, okay. They, they create a paper cylinder they fill it with rice and then they pour the rice into a cone or the cone back into the cylinder. I guess you go cone into cylinder. Then you say, well, what is that half of it? Is it a third? Is it two thirds? Like how much of the volume of the cone turned into the volume of the cylinder of the same height? And it's a third. So you're never going to forget that the volume of a cone is one third height so times whatever. Yeah. Of the, of the cylinder. Right. So the formulas all fit together, but until you're actually physically moving rice and paper cups yeah. into each other, you don't really see it. You just memorized a bunch of formulas that you forgot later in life. Cause you didn't matter. So yes to that. But have you seen catechesis of the good shepherd? Have you seen? Yes. Okay. But it reminds me of the same thing. So although it's not, it's not like volume of a cone, we're talking about kids touching and feeling like really actually holding different parts of our faith and different, I don't, I'm not going to explain this very well on the fly, but really having students in this atrium space, young children, kind of a Montessori model of having a hands-on time with different objects that are throughout the church or throughout our faith and like having them actually feel and touch Concrete representational concrete. Yeah. There we go. Concrete representation items of the faith. Yeah. Of items of the faith. Yeah. 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 Loyal oppress is actually really good at creating manipulatives. <laughs> they are. They are. Here's a shout out to Loyal Oppress for that. Yep. No, well, so yeah. So let me sure. so wait, wait. So let me tell you one. So my own children, gosh. Okay. So the bell's gonna ring any second, but my own son has used a lot of those manipulatives as he was doing sacrament prep from oh, Loyal Oppress. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. No. So tell me how you use manipulatives as an English teacher. That's what I want to know. Uh, I didn't, <laughs> I don't know because you're reading and writing. So I don't know. Did you? 
any idea? No, you have no ideas. So I would print out on different colored paper, mm-hmm. nouns, verbs, adjectives, oh, adverbs, sure. and I would mm-hmm. put them yeah. in buckets yeah. and I would put the model of a diagram up on the board and say, okay, you've got a, how many nouns do you need? How many sure. do you need mm-hmm. a verb? Do you need a, do you need an adjective for that? Okay. Okay. And, and then they could build like, that was when I taught junior high and they could actually build sentences out of it. But also you could also print out a poem, cut the lines of the poem oh, and have yeah. them construct the poem. And I did yeah. that with high school kids. So yeah, or like a blackout to- poem. Yeah. Blackout poems yes. and all that. Yes, yeah, totally. There are ways to use manipulatives in English class. Great. Oh, the time. Perfect timing on that bell. It is time to go back to class, but there are always more ideas than time to celebrate them, but we are certainly going to try to do our best. We drop episodes three days per week throughout the school year. So send us your ideas and share the love with your fellow teachers. Go to catholicteacherslounge.com to share. The Catholic Teachers Lounge is your haven of hope to exchange ideas and affirm your efforts. We will see you next time.